these parties. Yeah, party planner Patty. PPP. Planning Patty Party. Party planning Patty. Patty is the fourth P of community association. <laughs> and then pools is the fifth P. And there you go. We, we could just keep going all day, I think. Good. Welcome to Wine on Wednesday. I'm your moderator, Michael Shaw, manager for communications and programs with the Keystone chapter of Community Associations Institute. As always, I'm joined by our kids. The Keystone chapter of Community Association. <laughs> by, by the time you're listening to this podcast, we will have officially changed our chapter name from the long-winded Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley chapter to the Keystone chapter. Uh, it was the leading vote-getter in our recent poll uh, that we conducted last year um, among our members. And, uh, and we're proud to uh, officially be called the Keystone chapter now. Uh, so welcome Keystone chapter members uh, and stars of Wine on Wednesday, Rosie Brophy, <laughs> Jill Geiger, Maria Elena Solis, and Patty Walton. How are y'all doing? Good. Good. Good, morning. Good morning. So today we're going to be talking about the three P's of community association, and they are people, parking, and of course, poop. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure what to say next. <laughs> ah! The three Ps. Yeah, the three Ps. So we, we, we talked about what some of the other possible Ps could be, and maybe they'll come up uh, during the conversation. Um, <laughs> but, but it seems like uh, these three Ps, people parking and poop, uh, come up a lot when it comes to community association management and issues that you have to deal with. Maybe not on a day-to-day -day basis, but on a fairly regular basis. So what do these three P's have in common? The people that are causing the problem of leaving the poop and parking. So it, the people are really the, the problem. It's, it's not the cars or the dogs. <laughs> it's, it's their behavior. It's their behavior. You know, it, it's trying to learn to live in an association where there's rules to be followed and, and uh, some people are not rule followers and, and shouldn't live in associations. I, I was a little bit worried that you were going to tell me that the problem was that people were leaving poop in the parking spots. That happens too. That could happen. <laughs> we're not sure that's, if it's dog poo or what kind of poo it is. Yeah, what kind of poo? <laughs> the three Ps. The three Ps are, are three problems that are hard to deal with. That's what I think. There are three things to deal with. Um, and that are difficult to resolve. Very. And Joe, you would agree with, with Patty's assessment that really it comes down to people and their behavior and their attitudes. Um, and, and that's what leads to the problems with parking and poop. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> One leads to the other. Okay. Um, so how do you go about assigning parking if the builder didn't do that from the start? I think it's a little difficult because home, if a homeowner has a garage and a driveway or just a driveway, they know that's the particular spot. But when you have open parking spaces that are unidentified and then a, because of complaints or problems or just you know geographic uh, reorganization, a board decides, oh, let's do assigned parking. Homeowners do not like that because first of all, 
if you don't have enough parking for every owner to be parked close to their unit, then you get neighbor against neighbor. Mm -hmm. it, it really is, is, is a problem. And, and then you also have to allow for handicapped parking. So you need to have those reserved spots left over for them. It, it's, 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 it's an ordeal. <laughs> and associations were built a, a lot of times so long ago yes. that they don't have space for additional yes. parking, right. which <clears throat> is sometimes the problem. When homeowners first move into a unit, it's them, then they have their kids, the kids grow, then the kids have cars, and that's how everything starts yeah. multiplying. Exactly. And right. it's, it's a problem. It's, you know, you have to get very creative with how you assign that. Uh, I have an older community in Doylestown that was built in the seventies. And when they were built, you know, everybody had one or two cars. And now like Rosie said, you know, they're, they have multiple family members living there with all cars and these people are up in arms. It has actually really caused a lot of fights among neighbors because they want the board to assign parking and we, we just can't, there's not, there's not enough parking spaces in the whole community to be able to assign them. But now we have people resorting to leaving cones out and um, trash cans chairs. and holding chairs and- Like we live in, your in spots. Philly. Yeah, it's like we lived in Philly, yeah. I mean, and especially in the winter when they don't wanna walk. And I mean, it has gotten really super bad. Um, we did talk to a uh, engineer about, and I think, Jill, I talked with you about this, um, mm -hmm. about doing a study to see if we could possibly get any more sp spaces in. I mean, that's what some communities do. They try to increase how many spaces, but there was just nowhere to put it. It's a very tight community. So we couldn't even, we didn't spend the money for the whole study because we couldn't get any more spaces, not to mention the whole impervious surface thing. Well, um, adding to Patty, that truly happened to me at one of my communities that has an open parking lot area, unassigned parking. The problem was with the snow. Home, after the parking lot was cleared, a couple cars didn't move. Then when they did move, they picked a spot that was already cleared and then left their spot covered in snow. So uh, that became an issue. So I literally had to send an email and I'll read you what I wrote to them because I thought it was actually pretty good. <laughs> I wrote, Complaints are a means for identifying problematic situations and finding a solution. But when these problems are created by people, we need you to stop creating the problem. And that was a yeah. Round of applause. And that um, followed with uh, the annual meeting where really want to pull the residents because some of them said why can we have assigned parking? Mm -hmm. And so I tried, and that I dealt one-on-one -on -one with the owners. And I had to say, even the homeowners came up with good solutions. They said to have reserved parking in front of the buildings, and that will be identified, not by number, just, as, just the writing reserved in front of the buildings, and that will be for unit owner parking. And then parking around the island would be limit or exclusive for visitors. And we said, well, that's great. But at the same time, how do we still identify that right. or enforce it? Right. So of course they came up, my sister Marielena lives in a very nice community where they give you um, like a parking ID for your car. So you register your vehicle. So we don't have enough parking spaces for everybody to park in front of the building. So we said, look, we'll give one parking permit or 
ID to per unit, not two, only one. So if your husband and wife and kids, one of you gets to park in front of your building, the rest needs to park other spaces. Now, if they're available, great. If they're not, then, and then of course the board immediately goes, ooh, can we start finding people? <laughs> and I'm like, that should not be the ultimate mm. goal. But, uh, you know, yes, I mean, once you start that parking restriction, yes, everything falls into the rules of violations and finding people. I don't know that we really want to go that way, but. And it's hard to monitor, though. Very hard to monitor. It's so hard to monitor. Um, but we have very, we have two homeowners that are truly dedicated to the ground. So they would be the patrolling people, not me. Okay. Um, but we did decide to table it, not act again, not a knee jerk reaction to this problem. Because first of all, we don't get 30 inches of snow in one month. So we don't have to deal with that problem all the time. So we're gonna delay it to the June annual meeting and call the community as, as we're having a Zoom meeting to be able to ha have input from everybody live. Did anybody ever try it where you just try to do neighbor to neighbor cooperation? And, and like when a new neighbor comes in, somebody on the street is, you know, greets them and says, this is how we do it in our section of the community. And this is how parking goes. I mean, that's what they want homeowners to try. Just do, you know, neighbor to neighbor. That's exactly how it uh, happened where I live. Okay. When the neighbors came to greet us, they told us, they explained that the two <clears throat> spots in front of uh, the unit are yours. They're not numbered. And even if the association numbers them, we, we all know that we get two spots per house. So it does work. Yeah. That's nice that they greeted you because I've had <laughs> I, I, instances where people were nasty to, to new homeowners and I would call them and say, this is not welcoming your neighbor. You need to welcome your neighbor and explain to them that you have an unofficial parking space this is what we call an unofficial right, parking straight away, space. unofficial, yeah. That they kind of <laughs> made up on their own. And same thing, one at the curb and one, and some at the center. But you, you know, some people will just, you know, how horrible is that? Instead of coming with a pie and welcome to the neighborhood. Right, right. It's, it's they're, they're all upset that they're all their friends and family are all happy they're visiting and they're moving in and everybody's coming all happy. And then they got these nasty people approaching them. Who does that? Yeah. But um, if I may go back to the engineer, I had a problem like that when I had a community in Bluebell. It was very, very tight. Even though the engineering study didn't offer many options to grow, at least it gave us an objective opinion of where to mm -hmm. park and how to park. And that way you have somebody else to blame. Right. <laughs> You know, you got professional it's not, advice. It's not management. It's right. not the board of directors. So they they knew it. And Mets Engineering did a great job. Okay. We had a problem with trucks inside the community. They were not allowed. And now everybody has trucks. Right. So they had to park them outside. But then they parked them so close to the entrance that they blocked the sight of everybody. Oh, geez. So that's <clears> why <throat> we had to get right. the engineers involved. So again, even if it's not the best option or the best results, it's the best way to protect the board. Mm -hmm. It's not a, comp it's not like Patty was saying, 
You don't have to spend a fortune to get a little bit of an opinion because we did that as well and found that if we added even 50 more spaces, which sounds like a lot, it still wouldn't make a difference. You got a thousand people that live here right. or 1500 people, probably like 1300 people that live here. Like 50 right. spaces isn't gonna do it and you're gonna spend a fortune. Well, yeah, so, because you have to go through land development and then right. maybe the township. Oh, the township, you would have to. I mean, they yeah. have to use it. And then they the would township have to will get involved and they're surface. like, well, that sounds great as an engineering plan, but water-wise, you yeah. have to do A, B, and C, and this is going to cost you so much. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's truly It, it truly a is, yeah. But it's yeah. nice to get that, like you said, that that opinion to have. And really, that, there's no. We look into parking. We, we're not just ignoring you. We did right. the, the, their due diligence. Right. Yeah. And don't you love when a new board member comes on and that's their goal? Their goal is to get reserved parking and to get something to do. Damn. And then they get on the board and they realize we've Here been talking about the P for people. Yeah, the people. <laughs> that, that they realize, like, okay, the board has been talking about this. And we went through every single possible scenario. So let's shift gears a little bit and um, tell me what the scoop is on the poop. <laughs> Worst in the winter, let's just say. Oh my gosh. Clearly Worst in the identifiable. Winter. Clearly identifiable in the snow. Yeah. And so the, the primary issue with, with uh, poop, and we're talking hopefully about dog poop primarily, uh, <laughs> is, is that owners are, are just not picking up. Owner, owners are just not picking up after their, after their dogs. Is that the idea? Yes. Yeah. Um, the same community that has the parking problem, we put up three of the um, pedestal stations. stations, yeah, with the bags and everything. It's gotten a little better, but people are stealing the bags. It is incredible. I mean, <laughs> my, my landscaper fills them. He's like, what are they doing with these bags? They're like gone already, you know, kind of thing. Um, but we still have a problem. It's, it's not as bad. I think the stations helped. Yeah. Um, but we finally just put out word on uh, our town square and and bolo that said you know the board has made a decision that if anyone is caught and can identify a person that is not picking up they are getting fined five hundred dollars and Whoa. we put it in writing i sent them a letter everybody has it you know um we talked about also giving a like a month free to somebody that would turn them in so to speak but then we thought mm -hmm. then you're plotting neighbors against neighbors you know kind of thing so we didn't go that route, but uh, you know, it's it gets to be a serious problem. We never went with the doggy DNA. I don't know if anybody knows. I don't use that. No, I looked into it though, um, but it was it's such a process to have. You would all the dogs would have to come and get their swab. They would oh, have to be right, and then there's a database. So the dogs would all have to be registered with their DNA right. beforehand. Right. So you would have a, a dog DNA database. Right, and but who, you run. can't force that. How right, can you force right. that? How can you, right? So you have to get, so there's a cost for all the DNA. Who's going to pay for that? The homeowners association? What about the people that don't have dogs? Exactly. Right, exactly. and then you got that. And then somebody, not me, will have to take a sample, put it in some kind of plastic thing and send it out oh to gosh. identify this, right? It's And that's a cost. So it, it the cost 
and I don't have it, but I know one of the managers in my office does work with the DNA thing. Oh, and right. the association does not pay for it, Jill. Every really? cost is passed on to the unit owner. It's like having um, anything that you charge for. Like, you know, like if, if you live at a gated community, the unit owner pays for the gate pass. It's the same thing for the dog DNA sample. Just people that have dogs? The people that have the dog have the charge for that DNA sample. Wow. And, um, now, as far as picking up the, the evidence, <laughs> that usually falls on the landscaper. Yeah. And they bag it. They can't believe they agree to that. Yeah, but they do. So, you know, because, hello, management's not going to do that. So, um, or we actually, I, I think Terry also has to set up where the DNA people will come pick it up sample it and then they do have a very steep fine for the dog owner um again if you don't register your pet you get a fine so it's it's a money maker for the association in the sense wow. that yeah they do follow the but they have a very clean community now they used to have a tremendous amount of problems with it wow. <laughs> so i know that there are some companies out there that you can hire who will actually scoop your poop uh, and and oh, that's yeah. what they do. They, they go out yep. to communities and they'll, they'll clean yep. up. Have, have, any of explored, yeah. have any of you explored that kind of option? Well, I think it's linked with this DNA thing. They well, there are it. separate um, outfits that do it. The thing is, what we were afraid of was that then people would think, well, I really don't have to pick up my poop. We right. have somebody that comes, right? not their poop, <laughs> their dog's yeah. poop. We're paying to have this done. Right, sure. So we Has were anybody afraid. tried using cameras? Uh, one of my board members wants to get those um, sport cameras, the vision, the night ones where you, mm -hmm. you know, when you're looking for animals and stuff and they take a picture or something comes by. And somebody, then you have to identify that. That's right. That's what I told him. You, who's going to identify who's gonna them? do that? I have a hard enough yeah. time identifying people on the cameras that we have. Okay, right. we, found, we, saw them, we saw the kids, you know, vandalize, and who are they? And who has time to take mug shots of everybody's puppy? Oh, well, wow. you register them, you have to, yep. Oh, wow. okay. Part of the system. And how do they know, like, that they registered all their dog? I mean, right. all dogs in the house. And then what happens when a dog neighbors, passes away? Neighbors tell on each other. I guess, yeah, dog passes away, and then they have to, you know, register mm -hmm. their new dog. Wow. That's interesting. You do a census just like you do for people. Do it for dogs. You may hear one of my dogs, Eleanor Roosevelt, barking in the background. I apologize for that. <laughs> Apparently she has strong opinions about this. I hope she's not leaving her dog poop anywhere. <laughs> when she does, we make sure we clean it up. <laughs> Good. We carry bags with us everywhere. Good. Um, so you. do you have a, an issue with um, dogs who are who are relieving themselves on other people's yards lawns and yes. um, you know when a dog has to go a dog has to go um how do you that that can't be something that you can easily control i know if my dog has to go to the bathroom they're going to go to the bathroom people hate it they hate when dogs go on their lawns they we hear about it all the time boards always want to put under rules you have to curb your dog yes well it sounds terrific it's very hard to to do so you know what as long as they pick up after it, I, I don't. Yeah, I, no, I, I have somebody in a, in, a, in a, you know, a very nice community saying, you know, it says no dog, what is the word dog waste or something, mm -hmm. but he considers waste being urine. 
And to him, you know, if they're, you know, urinating on his lamppost or mailbox or lawn, that is a violation. And he's, he's aware that squirrels are going to go to the bathroom too. And no one's and deer and, and deer. you know, I mean, yeah. And any any like, other wildlife. He feels like we can control this and we should be. And I get picture after picture on his door, da uh, door dash. Yeah. <laughs> door <laughs> Ring, ring yeah. thing yeah and, and again like how do I even what are they doing wrong I can't you know he wants me to find these people that are is he letting, a board member or a no owner? no unit owner he'll move we yeah. have a 20 foot rule 20 foot rule that they're not allowed to urinate within 20 feet now I know that's yeah. really hard to do but if if you get your dog and you hurry up and rush them out or you stand there with their dog there's a difference so right it help, I understand that it's hard to, to, to get them to not urinate as soon as they come out. But if you stand there with them, of course, they're going to do that. Or when you're walking your dog around, you're not going to let somebody let their dog go up to somebody's flower beds. That's what, that's what the rule is basically for. Walk your dog elsewhere. You don't have to walk on somebody's lawn and, lawn right. and pee on their hydrangea or whatever. <laughs> right? I have a community that assign uh paths for dog walking mm -hmm. yeah and they it, have the room that's great it, it helped a little bit and again it comes back to the people absolutely people 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 yeah i mean following you the rules dog, you're responsible for that dog so you know you're what actually, if you own a car you're responsible for parking exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it applies both ways. yeah and, and you know so we we started off the conversation where people was was the the first part we talked about people parking and poop, um, you know, and, and as Patty mentioned a couple of times, people are, are really the, the main part of the problem here. Uh, you know, the, the, the poop, the pets, the parking, all that, it all relates to the owner, the owner of the car, the owner of the dog. Um, so what do you do? How do you deal with people blatantly ignoring the rule? Document, document, document. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we can get fines, you know. It's when you can identify them that you can find them. It's the problem is when you can't. And then there's other people that walk in the community that don't even live here. So right. that's a problem too. But people like some of them, one of you girls were saying that um, if they're doing it and we're, we're not like in the middle of the night or they're, you know, it's dark out it's snowing or whatever and you don't know who it is how are you supposed to control that and they think that you know they can put a written complaint I put a written complaint in I put you know why aren't you doing something well there's nothing I can do if you can't give me a person's address or phone number or exactly. you know unit exactly number. yeah how do you resolve that fines are strict in this community if we know who it is the homeowners that submit a complaint, but they don't put their name or address or, you know, you're like, okay, thank you. Uh, you know, <laughs> they have to witness it. Nothing they you can to. do. Especially if they can't identify the person. So you're like, okay, yeah, I, I know there's a problem. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's ever going to be a resolution for it. I mean, you know, yeah. here we are, four of us talking about it. I've been doing it for a long time and we all just beat our heads, you know, it's the same issues over and over and over again. Yeah, unfortunately, it comes down to some people are reasonable and decent and some people aren't. And, you know, you, you hope that the, 
the majority of the people living in your community are, are reasonable and decent people, and they'll make up the difference for the ones who aren't. But, but you're right. It sounds like there's not really a solution. It's just do the best you can. Um, you know, address it when when you can. Uh, you know, if you know who the who the violator is, then you can address it. Um, and, and otherwise, you just try to remind people to be courteous, to just have a little bit of common decency, and, yeah. and hope that, that that prevails. They have to understand that it's a joint effort. It's not us against them. Right. We're in this together. Help me help you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, that just about brings us to the end of our program. Oh. Yes. Uh, so we're ready for our, our wine. Uh, All right. Patty, you ready? I'm, I'm going to do something a little different today uh, because spring is coming. I Does promise. That mean we're going to do hard liquor today. We're going to do no. We're going to do a rosé. It's wine okay. on Wednesday, Mike. It's wet. It's wine. It's <laughs> well, a, a chateau. I, go ahead. It's a chateau Saint Michel. I might not be saying that right. It's a 2019 rosé. It's got a 3.8 rating, and you could probably find it. For around twelve, thirteen dollars, it's 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 a it's a nice price point for a three point eight. So it's a nice rosé for the spring weather that's coming. That's Thank my God. pick. Yummy! All right, great. Well, and the weather is starting to pick up. It's starting to get a little bit nicer. People are starting to get vaccinated, which means that hopefully uh, we'll we'll be able to all get together and, and enjoy some wine real soon. That would be great. Uh, so, and maybe you know, talk we'll, about the fourth P pool. Next time. Oh, cool. Oh, oh. Yes. <laughs> and, and Jill just dropped a bomb on us because oh, that's a yeah. whole other topic. Ah, come on. I'd rather talk about parties. <laughs> oh, yeah. Another Patty's parties. Yeah, party planner Patty. PPP. Planning, I can't the, even say it. Planning, so, Patty, party. Party so, planning, Patty. Party, party planning. is the fourth P of Community Association. <laughs> and then Pools is the fifth P. And there party, you go. We, we could just keep going all day, I think. Good. But I, I know that we all have busy days ahead of us. So We do. That's a wrap on this episode of Wine on Wednesday. Wine on Wednesday is a production of the Keystone Chapter of Community Associations Institute. Intro and outro music is Good Mood by Arch Music. Are you interested in sponsoring Wine on Wednesday? Contact us at info at cai-padelval.org. Have feedback about this show? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at cai-padelval.org. Thanks this week to Chapter President John Katz, who was a big fan of the show, and to all of you for tuning in. On behalf of everyone here at Wine on Wednesday and the Keystone Chapter of CAI, I'm Michael Shaw saying, let's meet here again real soon.